Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. But as we rapidly progress towards signing day, we'll bring it back again for a little late evening Sunday recording. Um, first of all, congratulations to you and your family. Uh, Parenthood 2.0 for Bud as he uh, bravely entered into this week. So great to be able to get a chance to speak with you and uh, you know you and your family uh, size of plus one. So good for you guys. Great to have you back. And uh, congratulations to you and Maggie. I would say it's a total team effort, but that's really not not true. Um, it's like, babe, I'm fifty percent of the DNA. You're, you're you're greater than fifty percent of the work here. I, I appreciate that, and uh, yeah, man, uh, everything has been going great. Mom and baby are are healthy, and uh, my utter little guy is uh, adjusting to being a, a big brother. So, um, little. <laughs> little change for him there that's probably been the biggest change yeah you know. change for him no change for us we're sponsored by the same good people that we've been since day one louisiana hot sauce three simple ingredients one fantastic product and the wonderful people at tarpon sellers tarpon great selection of wine 20 percent off with the coupon code nolcast uh order now to ensure holiday delivery and uh a tip of the hat to them as they make everything that we do possible absolutely buddy uh so Speaking of changes, uh, the last time we spoke, FSU was attempting to, uh, and zeroing in on, I guess is the popular industry term, probably stealing that from Gene uh, Wojciechowski, the uh, uh, the ESPN NBA guy, zeroing in on uh, Vince Tyree, the Louisville AD. Uh, Louisville's board met. They removed the uh, requirement that he you know, you know, give notice and all this other stuff. And then he decides to go into the back to the private sector. Maybe he's just tired of the college game. Do you have a really good sense as exactly what happened there? Because I'm I'm not going to lie. I, I don't, don't know all the details. I do know a good amount uh, from the Florida State perspective. I th- I'll put it this way: when when our our favorite radio guy Jeff Cameron suggests that he played himself, from what I know of this story, I think so. I think he got a little greedy, tried to play one side off the other, and uh, ended it up crashing against him pretty quickly. Florida State was, uh, and again, this is Florida State's perspective of story. You have to, you know, put that through your own filter. But Florida State was really eager to get an athletic director in place, uh, felt very comfortable with uh, Offord, and when they thought that they were entering into some kind of contractual games, I think they pulled the trigger pretty quickly uh, to move in that direction. I, I think that's fair. Um, now they have Michael Offord, right, uh, a guy who – for most of this year, we had been pretty comfortable with becoming the athletic director. Certainly, Mike Norvell and his staff are extremely excited about this move because a new AD coming in is unquestionably going to shorten the potential clock there on Norvell and company. Uh, an AD who has been running the boosters, having to work with Norvell in lockstep, really explaining the challenges of the current program, the need for continued and increased support from the boosters to get this thing turned around and understanding a lot of the challenges that Mike went through uh, with his staff. And I I should probably not use the term Mike here uh, because both uh, Mike Alford and Mike Norvell are named Mike, but the challenges that Norvell and company went through, um, I think having somebody who understands that really does guarantee that Norvell gets four years in Tallahassee, if, if not five, uh, assuming that he shows some continued progress. And so if you're, if you're Mike Norvell, you're, you're really, really happy about this. If you are some of the big boosters, I think you're very happy about this move as well. And I don't think that this is a, like, 
a large drop-off in terms of a backup plan. Uh, there were some names mentioned in this search that I thought, eh, I don't know about, but mm-hmm. Alford was definitely the one that's like, yeah, you kind of worry about losing that guy a little bit. You think maybe you can keep him with the boosters. Very skeptical about that. Uh, here's something I'll throw, uh, throw out to you because we, we know a lot of people that, that Alford talked to. He's, he's kind of a politician. Uh, he got told why he wasn't getting the job. Mm-hmm. Now that he knows that, based on the conversations he's had with people privately, maybe that can lead him to, uh, to make some of the changes that you and I think need to be made within yep. the athletic department. We referenced this uh, last podcast that our belief was that Alford was informed in his view originally he wasn't viewed as a large enough trade, excuse me, large enough change agent. Um, I think that's a very good point for you to bring up. Uh, I would also make two other points. Um, one is that I think we can acknowledge some of Florida State's shortcomings financially and at the same time try to do away with narratives that aren't there. Florida State was ready to pay Michael Alford a significant amount of money to try to keep him as a booster, and they were going to pay Vincent Tyree uh, a significant amount of money. Florida State doesn't try to do this uh, on the cheap when it comes to salaries, whether it be coaching, um, you know, is the support staff as large as as other people's? No. Uh, But they were going to make a significant financial commitment to to try to keep both of those guys, had that come to fruition, and... um, I think that we can do away with the narrative that, you know, Florida State tries to tries to play on pennies when it comes to some of these salaries that they put together. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think this is a good hire. Um, I thought Tyree would have been a good hire as well, to be honest. I, I thought both of them made a whole lot of sense. And I don't think Louisville's happy about losing Tyree, but at least they also lost their president, who Tyree didn't get along with. And this is not a Louisville show, so I'll get off this because we have a lot of stuff to get to tonight at least they get to kind of clean slate this thing and, and figure out what they want to do uh, going forward. It's a, it's a good point. We'll watch it uh, happy with the direction that it ultimately ended in. And, and we'll see what kind of uh, continued moves that, uh, that happens with Alford. I, I don't think Alford's going to occupy both those positions for long, but I do think that the desired goal was to more or less merge the two entities over time. So, uh, I will be interested to see what they do with boosters, how much they continue to kind of try to make that an in-house operation of the athletics department. And, uh, you know, in many ways, you could label this, if you're wildly optimistic, that, you know, this is as good of a learning experience as you could potentially ever have for your athletic director, to have him on campus for 18 months, for him to learn the ins and outs of the program, some of the challenges, some of the strengths um, and to have as you know intimate a knowledge as possible when it comes to the support base that there is to try to build upon and get some of these projects executed. So uh, excited to see what the future looks like with Mike Alford, and we'll uh, you know we'll leave it at that. No doubt about it. Uh, so continuing on here to change and potential change, Brandon Marcello of Twenty Four Seven Sports, and I think some Oregon folks as well, reported that FSU uh, OC Kenny Dillingham. Uh, has been offered the offensive coordinator position at Oregon. Oregon, who hired Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator at Georgia, to be its next head coach, uh, much to the chagrin of some Oregon fans out there. The Lanning hire, not not the Dillingham news. I don't know how they're taking uh, that potential news quite yet. Uh, or Dillingham's obviously a West Coast guy. He's extremely tight with Dan Lanning, like they're good personal friends, uh, 
they were both together at I believe Arizona State, correct? And uh, they're 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 really tight, both young guys. This would be a chance for Dillingham to run his own offense and to uh, like right now he's he's clearly running Norvell's offense, right? Uh, did they not overlap at Memphis as well? Uh, yeah, I think they did actually. You're right. You know, I do think this is probably a, a real situation. We'll get to some other stuff that I think is probably fakery. Uh, I I have no reason to believe this is not true. Um, I suspect it, it's it's a real offer, and obviously Lanning respects Dillingham. Uh, could be a good good get for Oregon. Uh, I do know just from talking to Kenny that he very much wants to be a head coach someday, and probably a lot sooner than people realize. You know, so he's very aggressive out there and get, trying to get promoted and trying to become a head coach. This if things go right at Oregon, and I do know that Cristobal thought that team he had coming up was going to be really good, it could be a great opportunity for him to go out there and uh, and and really kill it, especially if Oregon quarterback Ty Thompson uh, turns out to be something, which some people out there will tell you is going to be a stud. And also some people out there don't have a good answer for when you ask them, well, why didn't you play him this year over Anthony Brown, the Boston College kid who transferred to the Ducks and kind of sucked? It also could likely be more money. But the main thing I think is getting to work with one of your good friends. Granted, Dillingham's also very tight with Norvell, uh, who gave him the opportunity and has kind of been his mentor for quite a while. Uh, get to recruit on the West Coast. And if he wants to get back to the West Coast as a head coach at some point, uh, establishing himself as a good recruiter there on the West Coast could give him an opportunity to maybe get in the, the mix for Let's think about the, the jobs out there that open this year that clearly Kenny's not qualified for given his age and experience yet, right? I mean, he's 31, I think. Like, he's not going to get Colorado State, which has great facilities, and actually spend some money. He's not going to get Fresno at this point. You know, the, the guys who got Fresno recently, Kalen DeBoer, who ran his own offense there at his prior stop, uh, or Jeff Tedford, who, you know, is, is pretty uh, – you know, Tedford pretty well establishes a guy. If you go out there to Oregon and you recruit well on the West Coast and you put up some points, you could get a G5 coaching job maybe after three years at Oregon. You know, go go be 32, 33, 34 at Oregon by your thir- 35th year. Maybe you go and actually get a head coaching job that's not completely a terrible G5 job. You know, unlike a, a Walt Bell who took UMass, which is basically a, a career ender. You know, and, and I think he got very lucky to get the Indiana job there. Well, Bill did. I don't know if Dillingham will go or not. Um, I think he's done a good job in Tallahassee, right? In, but this in is a, still Mike's offense. Yeah. So, in an industry that is filled with wildly ambitious people, Kenny stands out uh, as the amount of ambition that that guy has to be a head coach. And, uh, you know, my opinion on this matter doesn't matter a damn thing. I would tell him that there's some decent amount of maturation that needs to take place uh, for him to get – a job the likes of which you're referencing that's not just some kind of career, you know, dead-end job where you're back being a, a coordinator or a position coach within four or five years. Um, so, I think you know, he should take it. You think he should take the Oregon opportunity? Yeah, if Ty Thompson is as good as people think, if he wants to be out on the West Coast as a head coach, I think he should go take it, especially if it's well, more it's, money and you get a chance to work with one of your best friends. Yeah, and it's uh, clearly your side of the ball. You know, you're right. you're running that side of the ball. There's no question about who's making decisions on it. Uh, if you have success, you will 100% receive the credit for the success as opposed to an offensive head coach who's got a background that makes people wonder whether or not that's yours or his baby. 
I checked in on some of this stuff this summer. You guys remember, I think I was the first to report that Alex Atkins uh, had been uh, extended and given a raise. Uh, if Dillingham does go to Oregon, I fully expect Atkins to be the offensive coordinator unless something has drastically changed. And I think they should promote Tony Tokars, the current uh, analyst, to uh, to quarterbacks coach. He played quarterback. He's been the guy who's been on Zoom with AJ Duffy quite a bit, schooling him up on on you know get, get, getting him ready to come in uh, and be effective in the spring. He has a good relationship with him there, and he's a pretty solid recruiter for them as well behind the scenes. So that would make a whole lot of sense to me. And if they are not able to promote Tony for whatever reason, I would expect that somebody will probably pluck him. So um, just very quickly, if Kenny does take that that job, and if he does, I, I think he'll succeed out there because I think I think Oregon's fairly loaded coming up, at least based on the folks who know Cristobal, what, what he said. He could be bluffing, right, to try to get more money out of Miami. Like, hey, man, I got a loaded team here mm-hmm. coming back, right? But if, if he was being truthful and they've recruited well there, He's got a pretty good team uh, in a, a fairly fairly winnable league. So uh, I think FSU has some really nice in-house candidates it could promote and uh, and, and keep things. Uh, can you use the word rolling when the offense wasn't really good, but it's certainly improving. Keep, keep things improving, I guess. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting to see if you can keep, you know, rolling in the final uh, 48 hours or so of the recruiting. Uh, oh, He's also been mentioned for the Auburn job. Um, I don't really know what to make of that. I do know that Auburn tried to hire Zach Hill, the Arizona State guy, and then I don't think that got past their compliance given all the stuff going on with Arizona State uh, right now. You, I think you guys know my opinion on Harson. I tried to bet all my co-hosts on cover three that he wouldn't make it to year three and none of them would take it. So they kind of feel the same way. That would seem like kind of a like the Oregon move makes sense. The Auburn one doesn't. Because let's say Harson gets fired. And yeah, you coached at Auburn before, so you may know some people there. But if Harson gets fired after 22, they're not going to give Kenny Dillingham the Auburn head coaching job. They're going to go and get a big time head coach, right? Like you're not going to pay the buyout money on Harson. Just be like, yeah. We're going to promote 32-year-old Kenny Dillingham yeah. to this – hell no. Not a chance. That one wouldn't make sense unless that he would, was actually cash-grabbing. Zero sense, to me. Zero sense. Yeah. Uh, I do think Auburn might be desperate, though, Yeah, given their current situation. Yeah, certainly. Um, um, back to the topic of recruiting. Look, it's not ideal to have somebody leave this close to signing day. I don't know that it would be a massive um, deleterious impact. I mean, I know the Coleman kid, he's been recruiting the whole time. I'd love to get your opinion as to where Florida State kind of stands with that kid in general right now um, after he traveled to Miami over the weekend. Can, is there anybody else that immediately comes to mind that you would think would be in jeopardy of not signing with Florida State that they would have otherwise if this news pops, say, at you know 9.30 tomorrow morning? No. So like I said, I mean – uh, and this news may already be out before you guys hear this, this show. So we're, we're talking about this in kind of a kind of a future tense. Um, I, I think it'd be a positive for FSU to keep Dillingham, by the way. Like I, I'm just looking at it from his perspective. Yeah, I, I would go take that job, I think. Um, I, he's been like the primary position coach recruiter on Coleman. Uh, but Norvell has also been in, involved with Coleman quite a bit. And Norvell played receiver. I don't know that it's a slam dunk to Oregon for Coleman if uh, 
if Dillingham goes there simply because Lanning didn't recruit Coleman at Georgia, you know? So you may be comfortable with Oregon, the school, but it's also an entirely new coaching staff with the exception of, of the new OC, if he does go there. Um, You could say Micah Pittman, who was in on a visit in Tallahassee this weekend, but Pittman wasn't getting on the field much at Oregon and then quit on his teammates there at Oregon. And they really could have probably used him in that first Utah game when both their guys were hurt. Like, I don't know how, I don't know if he's welcome. I'm not saying he's not welcome back. I'm saying I don't know if he's welcome back or not there at Oregon. And I also don't know, like, is Dillingham recruiting him to FSU because of the state of FSU's receiver room? Or is he recruiting him to FSU because he thinks he's legitimately that good? Would they actually want him at Oregon? You know, does Kenny think he can play at Oregon and just didn't get a fair shake? Yeah, I don't know. Um, those would be the main guys. But, again, I think Dillingham's a good recruiter. He, he also went 5-7 and seven this year. It's a little bit harder to sell. There are some guys on the staff who are selling it really, really well, like Woodson, obviously, who's a, a, an absolute stud uh, on the recruiting trail for you. Travis Hunter <laughs> helps you a lot there, too. As a recruiter, um, those be the main guys, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, like you said, something that may well be, um, you know, finalized by the time that we get the podcast published. But uh, you know, good to have a discussion about it. Give our opinion as to what happens with Kenny, and uh, you know, interesting, energetic young guy who uh, certainly has a whole lot of career in front of him. They were they uh, they promoted Randy Shannon to linebackers coach and, and co-defense coordinator. I was trying to segue from that without sounding really insulting. Um, so yeah. good good for you for just taking the uh, the vanilla uh, path there. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to uh... uninspired to me. Um, yeah, not not I... impressed with this based on the feedback that I got from people at Florida and UCF who work there. Um, I think Norvell has been done a pretty good job of hiring hiring guys for the most part. You're not going to get everyone right. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I'm not impressed with this hire. Uh, I think there are probably some internal reasons why you made it. But isn't CoDC kind of a demotion for Fuller? What was somebody really going to pluck Randy Shannon away from you and make him the, the CoDC? Where what where else was he being considered? Certainly, Florida and Miami were not. Given that he's like that, that that's not going to happen. Um, it is know, an I'm interesting in title to slap on to somebody that you don't think necessarily uh, needed to have it. I do think, you know, if the play here, if the upside is, is that, you know, Fuller can kind of do the X's and O's and Randy can put his arm around you and explain what, you know, is being asked of you a little bit and have the more personal touch, then, yeah, maybe I can understand that. But um, I think Randy is a good influence on the locker room. I think he does a good job of instructing kids. Uh, I don't trust him schematically. I am um, influenced by a good friend of mine who prepared against Randy's old offenses many times and the feedback that I would get from that. Um, And I've, you know, you certainly are more familiar with these tales than I am, but I've got enough friends in the recruiting world who have told me enough questions about his evaluations that I have some deep concerns about that. So are there some pluses to this? Yes. Are there some 
things that I think both of us are pretty hesitant and trying to articulate here. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, I don't have much more to say about this. If, uh, if they land Wesley Besaint or Earl Little Jr. or both, and again, I, I kind of laugh that they're going back in on Besaint. I'm sure they'll send them a letter of intent. Then uh, maybe I'll change my tone on that. Right? We'll we'll see. Just not uh, uh, not super impressed by this one, man. To be to be frank here. Yeah. Yeah. And it just I seems agree. kind of kind of uninspired. I, I think you could have done better. And we know Miami and Florida are beefing up their recruiting staffs quite a bit. I think you're going to have a harder harder time in state against those two in the coming years than you than you have had recently. Unless you have uh, many more wins coming than I expect you to have. We'll see if this move allows you to keep pace there on the recruiting trail. Uh, from one Shannon that I'm not super confident in to a Shannon that I'm extremely confident in, let's go ahead and talk about Shannon Young, 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. Ingram, great job on the uh, on the transition there, just typing that into the sheet. Need, needed, to, needed to nail that, and you absolutely did. A hilarious point here. Did you see how many people on Twitter who, when Shannon first went on the road, <laughs> people were curious why our sponsor was doing in-homes with uh, with prospects and stuff like that? That's they awesome. thought that perhaps this was a new wrinkle to uh, to the NIL news or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is hilarious. I would not put it past Chad. And quite quite the testament to uh, to a longstanding relationship that the fact that uh, the the name Shannon has some different connotations depending on who listens to it or who reads it. If you guys are listening at home or watching us on YouTube, uh, please do subscribe and thumbs up. And you need to secure the bag in order to get a new home. This is where you need to go. Eight four four FSU loan. Eight four four FSU loan. Tell them the Nolcast crew sent you. It's tremendous customer service. Great rates. Knowledge of the industry. People you can trust. I've used them twice. About 250 Nolcast listeners have as well. Really look forward to sending you guys some more care packages when you close those loans, and we're really excited about that. Homes move fast in this market. You want somebody who can be agile and adapt to the changing market conditions with you. And when you call 844-APSHU-LOAN, that's just what you get in my personal experience. All right. So... Um... You know, we spent a good time talking about some Dillingham talk. I saw a tweet. Are you want another transition, by the way? What's that? It really helps to buy a home if you make more money, too, right? And so you need to and, – and when you're putting in on an offer on a home, you need to have something to back that, that thing up with. Can that help you transition to the next, next, uh, next topic <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah. You can't just be floating theories out there uh, and hope that your, uh, your loan ultimately gets approved. So – over the uh, over the weekend, there was a report that Kenyatta Watson, who I believe has done a good job at Florida State, uh, was having some SEC interest shown. Uh, I know this fan base in general is pretty frightened and <laughs> pretty frightened to hear that members of staff are being pursued. Uh, on this one, look, do I think Watson's done a good job? Yes, I do. Yep. Do I think he's built good relationships? Yes. Do I think he's been a positive addition to the staff? Yes. Do I think there's any war room of a Southeastern Conference school right now that they're just sitting there snapping their fingers saying, damn, Watson got us again? I On no. who? I, I mean, I don't know the prospect. Now, maybe it will occur. Maybe in two days uh, there will be a series of commitments which are immediately tied to Watson. On this one, everybody has relationships. Uh, you know, guys 
float things out there periodically, and um, we all want to advance <laughs> in life, and whether it be a salary bump or uh, interest or perceived interest from others, uh, to me, I'd have to see a little bit more before I'd get too concerned about Kenyatta leaving. I I would agree. Um, maybe there's a school out there, but we'll see, right? Uh, if you're FSU, you got to be smart with your money. You have money. You're not broke, but you have to be smart with it. And uh, we will see how they play this. Obviously, all the best, Kenyatta, uh, and everybody else that is trying to, you know, get the most money they can. I I just went through that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you definitely want to extract the most money that you possibly can wherever you are. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly get a raise season for everybody in college football. i got the convention coming up in uh, in about a month, which I'll be at as well. And again, that's that's kind of another great time uh, for that. Do you want to? Uh, you want to go a little recruiting here? Let's do. Let's jump into it. Uh, that we haven't kind of touched in some of the surrounding conversation with uh, with Kenny as far as kids that could be impacted. Um, yeah, obviously the well, not obviously. I, I would say let's start the conversation of the prospects that were on campus this weekend with. With Julian Armella, we've talked about the fact that that's not the number one ranked tackle in the country, uh, with all due respect. To... Uh, he's now the number two on that service. Okay, okay. Well, good. Julian Armella is a very nice piece. It would be nice for him to be a part of this class. I would not look at that kid and think that you're you know, going to get some kind of finished product that's immediately ready to contribute. It's a nice piece, nice tools, good project. Let's let's you know have, have an idea and tamper expectations a little bit accordingly. You want a positive note on that, please? A, I've had my crystal ball in him for I think three years to the Knowles. I'm not moving that. Uh, I expect him to sign with FSU. B, uh, I was told the staff was impressed in the shape that he showed up in. He looks good. So, looks kid looks trimmed down. He looked good over the summer at the yeah. Under Armour stuff. I, okay. I was at like physically looked like he was in good shape. He just got beat more than I expected him to. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, like I like this kid as a freshman. As a saw as a sophomore, he got kind of heavy. I think he put put in work to get in good shape. Okay senior year. Physically looks good. They'll have to teach him how to play a little more. And uh, a guy who certainly does have some potential. What one of the pieces here in this offensive line class, I I have no plans to move my crystal ball on him, barring something pretty shocking. Is it Azare? Is that how I, how I pronounce uh, I, that? I call him Azarie. Azarie, okay. Azarie Thomas, kid out of Niceville. Um, but I think you had texted me that you were looking for one or two things to occur before you dropped a crystal ball on him. Uh, I believe you did over the weekend, I if I saw that correctly. Uh, what led you? Walk us through the crystal ball process, bud, please. The main thing was just him showing up on campus and following through on the official visit, right? And making sure that some fences maybe were, were mended there that stretched back to when Jimbo uh, was still recruiting. And I think I think FSU had some uh, some good word there uh, put in. And he's a he's a hell of a prospect, dude. You know, top top one hundred and nine player for us in the nation, number four athlete in the country, ninety four overall grade. 
FSU thinks he can play corner. I, I did go ahead and put in my, my crystal ball for him. Uh, we will see where everybody else is putting theirs. And I, I haven't seen any uh, any recent crystal balls for anybody uh, but FSU. In fact, the most recent non-FSU crystal ball is from, um, from Oklahoma, uh, and that is back in October. So uh, if you get him and you have Travis Hunter, you have Sam McCall, and you have Kevin Knowles and Duke Cooper. Uh, that's a hell of a young secondary, man. And you get Jamie Robinson to come back. That's going to be some really nice guys because they love Knowles and Cooper. And yep. uh, obviously Hunter and Azari, I think, is a guy who can play early. And McCall is also somebody who I think could play early. And then Brownlee, who is my boy, like one of my favorite guys in this team, is popping off on the FSU official football <laughs> Instagram page about how he never gets recognized for any awards. I'm like, man. What for awards? About? Yeah. You didn't see this? Uh, I had heard something about it. I didn't realize the complaint was for awards. Like, what what award, like, most approved? or I, I, I don't know specifically <laughs> the award he thought he should have won. I just didn't really think that complaining on the official FSU football Instagram page was the proper forum to lodge this specific complaint, especially when he is the guy who got beat. Yeah. Yeah. There's to a couple, lose couple the bad State moments. Game and cost you a bowl game. And I like Jarvis Brownlee. Like I'm probably the number one Jarvis Brownlee fan on the internet. And I've liked him since 20, was it 2018? Oh, man, not, sometimes not these the kids best just do things that. that make me laugh. Uh, and that's, I got to put that up there with them. So, um, I will say this Azaria Thomas is a good lesson for why you continue to recruit kids because for a while he was not given this staff the time of day. And then LSU had a coaching change, and Florida had a coaching change, and Oklahoma had a coaching change. And I'm not really convinced he was going to go to Oklahoma anyway, given how far away it was from home. And Auburn went six and six. And Bama has a lot of big fish and balls in the air. And FSU just continued to you know, call the kid, stop by, say what's up. And all of a sudden, you are the staff that's been recruiting him kind of the longest as far as continuity goes. So that kind of makes some makes some sense there, I guess, right? Um yeah. So just a just a good lesson for you. That would be a, a really nice gift for them and somebody I think that they actually can get. Well, it would be a be a hell of a class, hell of a haul, and really you know shift the talent that you have at the back end of your defense, as we've discussed. And Brownlee, uh, we'll just have to chuckle with that in time and uh, just have a laugh at at youth in general. Um, you know. From, from a questionable decision to a great decision, that would be one of contacting or reaching Matt Lewis, our friends at Congruity. Congruity has been an excellent addition to the Nolcast and our humble little small business that we have been great uh, for the people at MADSO. Shout out to them as always. Um, and great to a couple local Atlanta businesses here that have started working with them as well. Uh, you can reach Matt at 844-247-4100. Or if you wish for a more informal introduction, please don't hesitate to to reach out to me, whether it be email at uh, our Nolcast email account or directly on social media. 
Uh, you can find out more about the company by visiting congruityhr.com. And a big thanks to our friend Matt and his teammates at Congruity, as always, for making the Nolcast possible. No doubt about it. Let's go ahead and keep this show rolling. i uh, got a couple more things to talk about. Did you happen to see Travis Hunter? Ten catches for a buck fifty-three touchdowns and a state title ring. Oh, and he plays uh, defense, and nobody. Honestly, it was one of his more pedestrian performances. But I mean, uh, it, the guy is is uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's everything that made out to be. So hopefully, you're just gonna see that one across the line here. Uh, get him into. <laughs> Get him, uh, get him in this class and celebrate the fact that you've signed one of the best players in the country uh, for the first time in a real long time. I'm also not joking about him playing both ways. And I don't think this staff is either. He's got to play offense. I tell mean, me he's, he's, he's got to contribute to offense. T- tell me what receiver on this roster is better than that kid right now. Yeah. I don't care um, if he's 18 and you're 22. T- who? No. No. A lot of people like to say, oh, he's the best best receiver as soon as he steps on campus or something like that. Yeah, he would be. I don't he, know he, that they're wrong physically. I mean, he's, I you know, he's got to step into a college offense, but if he stays healthy and doesn't play 500 snaps, I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, yeah. Uh, so that's pretty solid. I'm going to give you a hypothetical, and I want to tell me how happy you would be. If I tell you you – and I don't know which one, but you land one out of Kendrick Law, Earl Little Jr., or Carlos Nicholson, the, the, the JUCO DB. Are you like okay? Are you doing backflips? What thrilled? What? Okay, yeah, thrilled. Yeah, really, really pleased if if you can hit on any of these kids. Yeah, um, I think you're setting yourself up for realistic expectations to expect any of them, and certainly a. <laughs> Hit rate more than 33% would be pretty shocking to me. Uh, I'd love to hear your uh, you know, opinion on this. Earl Little, you've done everything possible. Maybe you're even getting some continued ancillary benefit with a kid that decommitted from Clemson to IMG who looks like he's probably headed to Bama now. Maybe he's already committed officially. I don't know, but I'll ask you about that. But I'm referencing the Dalen Everett kid for uh, – for people who aren't, you know, recruiting maniacs and uh, immediately realize who I'm talking about. I don't but. think he's committed, but he did tweet out a couple things tonight. And, look, he decommitted from Clemson, and the one visit he took recently was Bama. Yeah. And he's he's there tonight. So yeah. when you – when you show up the next weekend in Tuscaloosa and tweet out pictures of yourself eating with Nick Saban or whatever, uh, you you get a feeling that that recruitment is probably only going in one direction. I I would agree with that. Um, and that can be big because we talked all the time about trying to figure out Bama's numbers. Do they have room for Earl Little Jr.? Where, where does Earl Little Jr. see himself in that room? Kind of the same thing with Kendrick Law, except Bama wants Law on offense, you know? Um and FSU wants him on defense. Although, if he wanted to come play offense, I'm sure they would take him to play offense, too, given that the state of your receiver room right now and the state of Bama's receiver room, if Bama wants you on offense, the kids, I'm going to take a leap of faith here and say that it's likely he's good enough to play offense for you. Um, with Damani Jackson and you know Elias Ricks, the LSU transfer, uh, with them potentially going to USC or uh, – Increasing odds that they go there. 
it would absolutely help FSU out if Bama got Dalen Everett because that's just another guy in that secondary who's a stud who may cause them to become uh, tight on numbers. We'll, we'll see. Clemson also lost a defensive end commit, Jihad Campbell, from IMG. And I got to tell you, that's a big one. That kid is a uh, absolute freakazoid, and I would not want to have to block him in any way. Like yeah. that was the one dude when I went out went down to IMG spring stuff this year. It's like, oh, hmm, okay, yeah, okay. Like even on a field of IMG kids, he stands out as uh, very different, just from a twitchiness off the edge, like Brian Burns style. Uh, Whoa, were you off sides? No, everybody else just a half second slow type <laughs> thing. Um, so that's a positive note if you're an FSU fan and are rooting for Clemson to you know, take another step back. Yeah. Yeah, Clemson fans, welcome to welcome to having to deal with this uh, stuff that the rest of the college football world does. What, they've suffered more de- decommitments in one weekend than they had the previous four years or something like that. It's uh, interesting, interesting to see. Of the three, if you could grab one, would Little be your – well, let's, uh, yes. let's back out ancillary impact on any other recruits, just as okay. prospects themselves. Which of these three would you take if you could take one? Um. Oh, that's a good question. I, I think probably little, to be honest, still. Uh, I, I I think he's a pretty damn good player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll – but they're all guys who I, I think would be takes, right? Like, I, I don't think that the um, the Marquise Gilbert kid – I crystal-balled him to Auburn. I don't know that he's, a, like, a full, if he wants to go right now, take for FSU. Um, could be wrong on that. He may have already been going to Auburn by the time – you listen to this podcast, or maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe he'll commit Monday morning to FSU. We'll, we'll see. I don't think so. That's why I went ahead and put in the ball for uh, for Auburn there. But all three of these guys are, are, are pretty solid players, man. Uh, I, I would just take little uh, most. But Law's pretty twitched up, too, so you, it's <laughs> hard to go wrong there. Pretty twitched up. I will uh, I'll remember that description. All right, so uh, – Mortimer, one of the more exciting prospects in this class. Really watch his tape, and it's very exciting about what he can uh, what he can be at Florida State. And he's one of those guys that uh, you know national media will go, "Oh, well, that's a that's a Florida State type skill player. Uh, great with the ball in his hands after the catch. Uh, a guy who Tremendous I think just return game. Did he just become a consensus four star or something like that just recently. Little little undervalued as a prospect, but looking at West Virginia, traveling to Louisville. Is this more than uh, just a South Florida kid being a South Florida kid, bud? Or what's your what's your take on where we are here in the final couple of days of this recruitment? What I put in the notes was a little bit edited as to what a source of mine told me. Uh, I I inserted the word stuff, and he used a different word. Yeah. He just said typical South Florida stuff going on here. And if you guys know what we're talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Like South Florida kids are a little different when when, when you recruit them. They just kind of play by their own rules. If you're FSU, obviously you like this kid. And he's going to see a playing time need in Tallahassee. And you get to stay in the state. He hasn't really gone on like visits to other campuses very much at all. And so this is a chance for him to get out and see some other, other, other places. Obviously, uh, Travis Trickett there at West Virginia. There's a good job recruiting guys. He did go to Louisville this weekend. 
I talked to Source, said, look, FSU still feels good. Now, would they feel as good if he didn't take those visits? Probably not. Would they have liked for him to take those visits maybe any other time during the year and not wait until the final two weekends, which is sort of a – that just it just kind of makes you worry a little bit, right? Well, it doesn't give you any room for error. doesn't give you any room yeah. to try to come back to a kid if he gets – Except for the know. in-home stuff, but right. Yeah. And at this point, that's kind of done. So, yeah. No. Um, I think that's – yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as other commits who went elsewhere, uh, Woody, Antavius Woody, the, uh, the the guy FSU got in on very early because of, of the grades thing, and they showed a lot of faith in him. I believe he did uh, visit Auburn this weekend. We'll see if he goes ahead and signs early. I think FSU obviously wants him to sign early. I don't know if that's academics-related or indecision-related or what have you. We'll see on that one. That's that's never a good sign when a Bama kid, like not a Bama kid as in the University of Alabama, Bama right. kid is from the state of Alabama, uh, makes a late visit to an in-state school. But there's a lot of crap going on with Auburn, man. Mm-hmm. And Bo Nix just hit the transfer portal tonight. That's probably not a great sign if you're Hurston, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, at FSU, you have Atkins. Now... Woody has always kind of been like, I want to play D-line more than offensive line. So FSU's been kind of smart with this. We're like, hey, you come in and show us what position you're better at. We think you're better at O-line, but if you prove us wrong, play D-line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want this to be negative. By the way, I want to point out, like, FSU has a legitimate chance to sign the best class in the early signing era of any team with a losing record. The staff has done a very good job recruiting overall. It's had to navigate some difficult circumstances. Uh, the season went almost exactly the opposite of how they needed it to go if they wanted to pull off a ridiculous close, uh, as in they needed to start fast and then just lose games down the stretch, and they could just basically tell kids, hey, we, we ran, out, ran out of depth, we got hurt, there's a clear reason we told you we were building – you saw proof of concept early as opposed to all the shine being off with an 0-4 start. People want to tell me, bud, you're an idiot. The shine's not off, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it was. They had to work their butts off to rebuild that, as you heard as well. Um, I think they've done that to some extent. They do have a chance to close this thing fairly well and put together a very impressive class for a team uh, that had a losing record for the fourth year in a row, I might add. They've recruited really well. We'll have to see what the end looks like. We'll, uh, are you, you headed up to Nashville for signing day? Uh, Lauderdale, actually. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember you doing that previously. Well, we'll certainly get together for a post-National Signing Day pod, try to lay as much as we could out here in the 48 hours beforehand. Uh, great to get you back and be able to record again, uh, as always. Enjoyed it. And uh, if you get a chance to like the video on YouTube or give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever else. Maybe know that it's uh, greatly appreciated by Bud and myself. And until signing day, uh, we'll be back with you soon. See you, buddy.